The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? How am I now? Well, once again, I'm, I'm glad I asked. Um, folks, the Montreal Canadiens have won four straight games. They beat the Buffalo Sabres uh, by a score of four to nothing, extending their winning streak to four on home ice. Hello and welcome to episode 52 for this season of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, I gotta tell you, a month ago, two straight wins seemed like a pipe dream. Now they've got four and they look great. Now you can argue until you're blue in the face uh, and many people have in favor of Dominique Charme or in, in favor of not firing Dominique Charme. But you, you can't argue with the results. Martin Saint-Louis comes in. You know, they lose three. But then they go on this tear. And even during the three that they lost, they looked great. This coaching change has done wonders for this team. Um, so what happened in this game? Well, it was a lot of the usual suspects. Um, we get going in the first period, and the Habs are looking pretty good. They're the better team early on in this game. The top line, those usual suspects, Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki, and Cole Caulfield, are buzzing. Craig Anderson, however, playing goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres, uh, was having quite a nice first period of his own. Um, Cole Caulfield almost got one early, uh, but Anderson made a big save. But eventually, those usual suspects, that top line, they break through. They are unbelievable together. Um, Crazy forechecking from them leads to uh, just wreaking some havoc in the offensive zone. Puck gets out to Cole Caulfield. He kind of fans on a shot. It was like partially blocked. Like I think somebody got a stick on it. Uh, but it skitters over to Nick Suzuki. He's high slot. He fires it in. one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Cole Caulfield later on got absolutely robbed by Craig Anderson. Uh, he went in and dangled, and Anderson came way out of his crease. Somehow managed to get a glove on it. Could have been 2 nothing there, but it wasn't. Uh, it was one nothing after one. Shots were 11-4 to in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. So, again, very, very strong period from them there. Uh, definitely gave you hope, right? Had a couple of issues, though. Jake Evans took a headshot uh, in the first period, and I posted a gif of that on my Twitter that you can go and take a look at if you haven't seen it yet. It looks pretty rough, but he did come back to the game, so we think he's okay. However, Paul Byron was interfered with on an earlier play. He lost the puck and got ridden into the boards by Matthias Samuelson, and uh, I thought that was interference 
I mean, you could make an argument that he was finishing his check, but I, I definitely felt that was interference, and it was kind of on the, on the back of his shoulder. And um, he w got up and was kind of holding his, his nose, so I, I thought maybe something happened to his face, but maybe it was also a concussion because he went off through his stick, and he did not return to the game. So the Habs lost Paul Byron. Uh, they lost Jake Evans briefly, but Jake Evans did return, and in the second period, things started to even out a little bit. Uh, almost almost looked like the ice was tilted in favor of the Buffalo Sabres. They started climbing back into it. Uh, shots weren't 11-4 to 4 anymore. They, I think by the midway point of the period, we were looking at 13-10 uh, to 10 or something. So definitely Sabres started getting back into it. But unfortunately for them, one of those usual suspects was still out there wreaking havoc. Nick Suzuki gets a breakaway, gets hooked. It gets called correctly as a penalty shot. He comes in just patient as fuck just takes his time and then goes upstairs with it. We've seen him do that move before where he just kind of stays on the forehand and just waits the goaltender out and then goes roof daddy with it. Uh, it looks pretty. Uh, and, of course, it counts 2 to nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Sabres had a bit of a pushback for the remainder of that period, but Samuel Montembeau, uh, great period from him. Again, Habs had a couple of guys missing for either all of, all of or a portion of that period in some of their cases. And... It didn't matter. Samuel Montembeau was equal to the task. And then, of course, we have some more bad news to talk about, though. Josh Anderson, one of those usual suspects that's been killing it for the Montreal Canadiens, he got hit in the face with a puck late in the second period. Um, I think from what I could see on the replay, and again, if you want to go look at it, if you're squeamish, don't go look at it, but there is a GIF up on my Twitter. Um, two GIFs, actually, of that one. It looked like the visor got a piece of that puck for him, which is probably going to help him out in terms of avoiding any like orbital bone damage or anything. But it did not look good, and he did not return for the rest of that game. Now, I should mention, uh, because this is very recent news that just came out, uh, both players went to the hospital, and uh, as of 10-15, they were both back at the Bell Center from the hospital. So I think they're okay. Uh, no serious damage to either of them anyways. That's great news. Um, we'll have to wait and see what the team puts out in terms of whether or not they're going to be gone uh, for any extended period of time. But the Habs kept on rolling. Kept on rolling. We go into the third period with a 2-0 lead. Early third period, Nick Suzuki wins a face-off, and he just taps it straight to Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield has the puck on his stick for maybe a tenth of a second, and he just goes straight for a snapshot upstairs, beats Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson didn't even know that shot was coming. Cole Caulfield released that thing so quickly. I don't think anybody on the ice knew it was coming except for Cole Caulfield. Goes upstairs with it, 3 nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Buffalo did a bit of a pushback in that period as well, but uh, Samuel Montembeau, again, stonewalling them, not allowing anything to get through. And, of course, Jake Evans, back from that headshot that he took in the first period. Uh, he gets the empty net goal to make it 4 nothing, and a fitting 4 nothing score for the fourth straight win for the Montreal Canadiens. Holy shit. I'm pinching myself, folks. I can't believe that this team has actually won four straight games. Um, and I think I mentioned it at the beginning of the winning streak. I'm not even sure if I want them to win four straight games. I would like to see a very high draft pick. But uh, I, I also can't sit here and complain wanting to see entertaining hockey all season and, and then complain when they give me the entertaining hockey, right? So can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, so I'm, I'm content taking the cake in the form of entertaining hockey. They've been providing that so far. 
and they've also been providing you know some steps forward for the young players which is another thing that I've been asking for a lot and that kind of takes me to our player of the game and I got to give it to Nick Suzuki I got to give it to Nick Suzuki it's hard not to give it to Samuel Montembeau uh, he got his first career shutout there um, but so honorable mention to Samuel Montembeau we'll give him the, I guess the second star for the bottom six minutes if you will but we don't really give out stars here we give out player of the game and we give out silver linings so We'll, we'll give him an honorable mention, but Nick Suzuki, man, uh, what a game from him. What a game. I've noticed that he's getting a lot more physical since Martin Saint-Louis took over as coach. That line, again, I, I hate to keep plugging my own Twitter, but if you go to my Twitter, you can scroll even further back earlier on in the game. I posted a video of uh, a chance that they had. It, it was just a scoring chance. It didn't, it didn't go in. But when you look at the longer shift there, you can see that Cole Caulfield gets his scoring chance specifically because Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson are down low in the zone taking the body. They force the Buffalo Sabres to give up a turnover, and then Cole Caulfield is just there in the soft ice, picks up the puck, and puts it on net. I mean, the way that these guys are generating their chances is through relentless pressure in the offensive zone. And then once they have the puck on their sticks, obviously you have two very skilled guys in Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. They can both dangle. Uh, they can both shoot. Uh, Cole Caulfield, I think, would have... You could definitely argue that he has the better shot out of those two. And then Josh Anderson, he's not as skilled as the other two with the puck, but he sure as shit can shoot it. So you have danger everywhere on that line. And the way that they're going at 100 miles an hour constantly, it is very tough to deal with, and they're getting physical. Right? We knew Josh Anderson could be physical. I did not know that Nick Suzuki could be this physical. Right? I've said it before where people say, oh, he's undersized. And it's like, actually, he's 5'11 and like 200 pounds. He's not undersized. He's not a small dude. But you just didn't really see him get physical very often. He would more be the cerebral type player. And he would more be a puck carrier. And he could dangle. And he could set guys up. But you never really saw him getting as physical as he has in the last couple of games. And it seems like, to me, that's part of the change. It was maybe Martin Saint-Louis was like, hey, listen, man, you're, you're a big boy. Go in there. Hit some people. You know, generate some of those turnovers. Get physical. I don't know if that's the case, uh, if he was the, the, the catalyst to get Nick Suzuki to get a little bit more physical, but um, it's, it's what I'm seeing out there. And um, I like it. I, I hope it continues. Now, to end the podcast, of course, I'm going to have to go on a little bit of a complaint here. Uh, I want to talk about that headshot on Jake Evans, because uh, that one pissed me off, and I bet you, I bet, I'm going to upload this podcast at around 10.45 p.m. on the 23rd, so on the same night that the game happens. And if you're listening to this tomorrow, I'm, I'm making a bet right now that the NHL is not going to review that. And if you go look at the video of that hit and you don't think that that should be taken out of the game, you are incorrect. And you might want to say, well, that's your opinion, uh, but uh, you're objectively incorrect. If you take a look at that hit, Casey Fitzgerald is coming in with his shoulder down, right? And a lot of people say, well, Jake Evans, he keeps his head down too often. That's why he gets hit by these. No, Jake Evans has his head up. He sees him coming and he knows he's going to take a hit. And he makes a decision, an admirable decision, honestly, to say, all right, I'm going to take the hit in favor of making a play. So then he kind of has the puck on his forehand and goes to make a pass into the middle. And he's basically sacrificing himself and saying, okay, I'll take this hit so I can make that play. Now I know Fitzgerald's out of the way. He's not going to be involved. And my line mates are going to have a bit of a, a go there. And Fitzgerald, 
he has his shoulder down and he's coming right at him. If he keeps his shoulder down and drives through, it's going to be a beautiful hit. He's going to get him right in the chest. It's probably not going to feel very good. He's probably going to wind up on his ass. And he's going to be definitely thinking twice about crossing that blue line next time. There's no need for Casey Fitzgerald to hit up with his shoulder towards the chin. Because what he does is he gets straight chin with his shoulder. I mean, if you... There's, there's going to be people who are going to argue that, and they're going to say, oh, no, principal point of contact is the chest or something. It's not. The principal point of the contact there is clearly the chin. This is the type of hit that you need to take out of the game. If you want to avoid concussions, you need to have guys stop hitting up. There's no need for it. If you hit through, right, if you're skating directly at a guy and he's coming at you and you hit through his chest, trust me, that doesn't feel good. I've been hit like that. I've hit people like that. It feels way better to do it than it feels to, to get it. Obviously, I've never done it at the NHL level, and I've never played at the NHL level, so I don't know what the speed of the game changes for you, but I do know that if you move your shoulder up like that, obviously, you're always going to stand a better chance of getting somebody in the chin or the head. And that is what you need to get out of the game. Hits are not designed to hurt people. Hits are designed to separate players from the puck. Also, yes, Let's face it, they're designed to inflict a little bit of pain to make you think twice about doing something that you don't want the other guy to do. But the primary objective of a hit cannot possibly be, uh, I want to hurt a guy. I'm not saying that Casey Fitzgerald wanted to hurt Jake Evans. What I am saying is that the way he's going about his hits have a good chance of causing concussions. Now, Evans came back into the game obviously, so uh, that's the main reason why I expect nothing to come out of that hit. But this is precisely where the NHL should be getting involved. Take that out of the game, and you're not going to have as many concussions, right? If you penalize players for that, if and I, I don't know his history, and I'm, I'm not really, I don't have the appetite to look it up because I'm not too, super pissed about it. Evans was fine and everything. But even if he doesn't have a history, you know, finding him a little bit, or maybe giving him one game, that'll, that'll teach him a lesson. And then next time, you know, when you make your little video from the NHL De uh, Department of Player Safety, you could straight up make the video and say, hey, listen, everybody, this is an example of what we don't want you doing. You see how he comes up with his shoulder? We would like you to go through with your shoulder. I don't think it would be that hard if you properly suspended some players who were doing things like this to eventually weed this stuff out of the game. But I'm rambling now. Montreal Canadiens won four straight games. I still can't believe it. Um, I'm going to cut the podcast off there. Uh, great game. Um, we are running, what, uh, about 15 minutes. So, pas mal, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify. We're on Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. We have a little bit of a break before the next game. It's going to be on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators who I actually think are a bit of an underrated team. Uh, they're not doing great this season, but honestly, I've, I've watched a couple of their games, and they look actually kind of dangerous. So that should be an interesting game. Two non-playoff teams who are kind of, who look like they're headed in the right direction, although Ottawa is probably closer to them than the rebuild than the Habs are. But I guess we'll find out. We'll see, we'll see which of the non-playoff teams is better on Saturday. Until then, at Appalachia.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.